أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله by Allah's father we've reached this Mubarak 26th night of Ramadan uh, Inshallah don't get so caught up in the festivities and in the festive atmosphere of the end of Ramadan that you waste these precious nights any one of them can be Laylatul Qadr every year I get a barrage of messages do you think it was tonight you think it was the other night do you think it was this night do you think it was the other night the idea one of the hikmas and one of the mercies from Allah Ta'ala of every night possibly being Laylatul Qadr is that a person makes and takes advantage of every night so that taking advantage becomes a habit if we knew which day Laylatul Qadr was then we would slack off and God knows if anyone you know has a guarantee of reaching it if they die before making amends and making tawbah what will happen with them on the Day of Judgment. And even if you do reach it, the fadl from Allah Ta'ala and the best of Allah Ta'ala's love is for those who are consistent in their deen. Say Allah then be consistent and be persistent, be steadfast. This istiqama ihdina sirat al-mustaqim this istiqama is the hallmark of Allah Ta'ala's wilaya. So even though you may get the mother load of thawab on a day, you change who you are through istiqama, through steadfastness. So people oftentimes ask me, do you think last night was Laylatul Qadr? Do you think that night was Laylatul Qadr? Do you think this night is Laylatul Qadr? I saw the weather was like this and the clouds were like that and this great feeling came over me and blah and blah. And undoubtedly there are many people in the ummah that have some firasa and some kash about these things but uh, for myself I'm blind as a bat I don't see dreams about anything I don't see the future I don't whatever even when it does happen I don't pay any creed to it I don't pay any heed, heed to it I don't rely upon it in terms of making my decisions or whatever and uh, I'm not the guy to ask about those things Rather, I always give people the answer with which they're always disappointed inevitably, but still the benefit is always there in it, which is that I don't know which day it is. I don't know in the ghayb of Allah Ta'ala where it is, when it is. I try to think, I try to, my dhikr is to think maybe this is Laylatul Qadr every night and do enough so that we can uh, get by with that. And then sometimes the thought crosses my mind, what if on the Day of Judgment, what if on the Day of Judgment, Allah Ta'ala let us pick, okay, which day do you want to count as Laylatul Qadr, go ahead and pick. Do we even have one night which is filled with sincerity? Do we even have one night where we can say that we didn't uh, ruin it? Because Laylatul Qadr can get ruined. It gets ruined by fighting. It gets ruined by yelling and screaming. It gets ruined by uh, all sorts of like different matters of disrespect. This much is known by the Athar of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Laylatul Qadr can be lost by people as well. And, uh, you know, so if you have, if you could pick any night, is there any one night that you can say that I, you know, strove to keep salam, to keep 
the salam uh, until the uh, crack of dawn? Is there any night we can say we didn't backbite? Is there any night we can say that we didn't fight with people? Is there any night we didn't look at the person on our left or look at the person on our right if we went to our, the masjid and looked down on them or didn't look down on them? Is there any night that we can say even we went to the masjid? Is there any night that we can say that uh, you know we did what we we're supposed to so much so that when you combine the aggregate of its goodness and of its deviance that the hisab comes out such that you would find it acceptable and uh, this thought crosses my mind what if you know and so we need to strive to try to make things happen all matters will be judged by how they end and uh, um, even if we catch Laylatul Qadr it's not over till it's over. Ramadan's not over until it's over. It's not over until the Salat al-Eid. And your life is not over until the day that you leave. So remember that. Don't get caught up in the festivities and say, Oh yeah, I, I have a feeling such and such night was Laylatul Qadr and it was awesome and it was amazing. Only to completely like trash anything you did to have a Chandrat party. And then when you know, someone says, what, what are you doing in this type of gathering? You know, all you can say is, oh, she's my cousin or whatever, or like something, you know, something like that, those types of things. Don't, don't ruin it. And this is where there's a massive and great hikmah in the night of Eid being a night of ibadah. The person who gives life to the nights of Eid, that person, their heart will not die of fright the day the hearts will die of fright. Allah will protect your, protect your heart. Allah Ta'ala will protect your spirit. Allah Ta'ala will protect your soul on the day that that fire uh, that, that fire that will burn all the way into the heart. Not the physical heart, only the spiritual heart. That It's a fire that has such a spiteful quality in it that it can actually burn your ruh. It can actually burn your ruh. Uh, unlike any fire in this world. Uh, that, that, that day when the people, the flames of that are starting to become uncomfortable and a person sees that as being the f first and end of his future, that day Allah Ta'ala will give you aman and aman. If you remember Allah Ta'ala on the day when everybody else is merrymaking, on the day when everybody else is heedless, on the day that everybody else leaves the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, it doesn't mean that you can't have fun. You don't have to like, you know, Make the Eid such that you keep, you know, you, you, you do such hard mujahadat that like nobody wants to meet you and you don't want to meet anybody. But just temper it with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala and stay far away from heedlessness. And if somebody wants to accuse you of being antisocial or anti this or anti that, that's their problem. There are a hundred people, there's, you know, the way the world is going, people are going to, people already think you're a bigot just because you think a man can't marry a man and a woman can't marry a woman. People already think you're a weirdo. Uh, just because you bother to pray in the first place. The Muslim community already thinks you're an idiot because you bother to eat halal or you bother to inquire where you pay your zakat or you bother to take your socks off before you make wudu or whatever. Everybody already thinks you're whatever. Don't worry about what the people think. Worry about what does my Rabb Tabarak wa Ta'ala think of me. Worry about how will I explain this to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the day that we meet and I ask to drink from the Hawd. Worry about those things, worry about those things. If Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam love you, everybody who has any worth in this uh, creation will love you. Uh, don't worry about what other people think and what other people say. And 
on that day, on that Mubarak day of Eid, do celebrate, you know, do take it easy. But not so easy that you forget the remembrance of Allah. Rather let it change its form that you eat or you drink or you sit back, you relax, you meet your family members, you meet your friends. And say, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala gave me such friends that I can meet. Alhamdulillah, I can relax. If you have no family members or friends to meet, I know how it is. You know, I've been a stranger in most places most of my life. Um, and even the places where I know my own friends and I know my own family members, I'm a stranger amongst them anyway. This ilm has such an ajib and mysterious quality in it. It makes a man a stranger even in his own home. Uh, so I know how that is. You don't have to, you know. It's okay. If you have someone to meet and you have nothing in common with them, say Alhamdulillah. And if nobody wants to meet you at all anyway, whether or not you are estranged from them in your heart or, 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 or outwardly or inwardly, even then Alhamdulillah, be happy just because it's the day of Eid. You know, just think, I'm eating and drinking today. This is a celebration because yesterday lunch was haram for me. Uh, and say Alhamdulillah and remember Allah Ta'ala through that, through that hamd, through doing something to make yourself happy inshaAllah. But the point is, don't, don't let it take you into heedlessness. Just like any worship that takes you into heedlessness is wrong, any celebration that takes you into heedlessness is also wrong and it's against the point. So don't get caught up in the festivities. These are not nights in which we should cut the sapara and the juz that we were reading into half so we can accommodate more fundraising and sweets uh, being distributed. These are the nights in which you should read double. These are the nights in which you should read triple. These are the nights that there are, are not other nights like it. These are the nights you won't find nights like this even in Jannah. Yes, there'll be enjoyment and happiness in Jannah. But the rank and the honor and the love that you can earn from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you won't be able to earn even over there. So when you think of it that way, that an eternity, an eternity will go by and you'll never be able to get these nights back, then uh, you realize it may be worth just cracking the mushaf open for another minute. So with that, we uh, say, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa ba'd. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Hazrat Shaykh Zakaria rahimahullah ta'ala. Uh, writes about Sayyidina Ali Karamallahu Ta'ala Wajhahu. In the year 35 uh, after Hijrah, after the martyrdom of Sayyidina Uthman Anhu, the reins of the Caliphate were taken up by Sayyidina Ali. May Allah Ta'ala ennoble his countenance. Um, and this Karamallahu Wajhahu, may Allah ennoble his countenance, this is a uh, um, a benediction that said on the name of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu uh, because uh, he uh, had some political adversaries after his death, during his life and after his death that used to curse him and say may Allah disfigure his face and so the people of the Haq uh, they would say this uh, benediction on him uh, in recognition of his uh, wilaya uh, with Allah Ta'ala and his great maqam and his great rank and this ummah, that his love is a sign of iman and his hatred is a sign of nifaq in the hearts of the people until Yom Al-Qiyamah. Shazar Shaykh continues, he says, since he is the external dimension of Rasulullah faith, his spiritual outpouring, outpouring which is mentioned in the uh, formal uh, chain of, uh, 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 in the formal uh, tree 
of the Mashaykh of the Tariqa Chishtiya, a discussion on him is of pivotal importance. His name is Ali, uh, 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 meaning the lofty, the high one, the lofty one, uh, which is also one of the names of Allah Ta'ala. But he is, he is Aliyun, he is a lofty one, and Allah is Al-Ali, he is the lofty one. His nicknames were Abu Turab and Abu Hassan. Uh, uh, and his title is Asadullah, the Lion of God. Uh, Abu Turab uh, was a, an indication, Turab means earth or dust. It's an uh, indication of his humility and there's a story behind it. Uh, the following is his ancestral tree. Ali is the son of Abu Talib, the son of Abdul Muttalib, the son of Hashim, the son of uh, uh, Abdul Manaf. His lineage links up with the Rasulullah in his third ancestral generation meaning Abdul Muttalib. It is indeed a wonderful coincidence that the furthest one in ancestral ties from the Prophet ﷺ, meaning Abu Bakr and Omar, were the one whose caliphates were first, and the last one from the Khilafah Rashidah, and the seal and the Khatima of the Khilafah Rashidah is with the one that is closest in lineage to the Messenger of Allah ﷺ. Hafiz ibn Hajar wrote in the Isaba, his uh, biographical encyclopedia regarding the Ashab Kiram radiallahu ta'ala anhum, the companions, Allah be pleased with them, that the correct uh, view is that he was born 10 years prior to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa receiving Nubuwa, receiving uh, prophethood. He in fact was brought up in the lap of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa He therefore enjoyed an exceptionally high degree of resemblance close relationship and affinity with the morals, habits, and attitudes of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. His father Abu Talib uh, was a man who at some point suffered financially uh, with his business uh, to, the, to the point where um, in order to help out with their expenses, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu moved in with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so as to defray the expenses of Abu Talib for not having to take care of Ali. Uh, anhu. And so in some ways he was raised uh, almost as if he was like a son. All agree that Sayyidina Ali anhu is amongst those fortunate ones who are blessed with Islam since childhood. However, there are differences regarding the age when he had accepted Islam. Uh, uh, there are different versions uh, in which it's said that he was 8 or 9 or 10 years old. He would say, I commenced Salat seven years before others did. According to uh, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, rahimahullah, there is no other Sahabi whose excellences and virtues are narrated in such abundance as those of Sayyidina Ali Karamallahu Wajhahu. Uh, it is the view of some Mashaykh that on account of the hatred for Sayyidina Ali uh, during the era of the tyrannical rulers of Banu Umayyah, the ulama of the Haq made it a point to profusely narrate his excellences. Uh, in a bid to counter and refute uh, the opposition. Uh, Imam Nasa'i, rahimahullah uh, ta'ala, in fact compiled treatises on the excellences and the virtues of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And there's a story about that as well. Uh, Imam Nasa'i actually uh, paid for this with his life that uh, he narrated in the uh, Jami Masjid of Damascus uh, a juz about the fadail of Sayyidina Ali, about the virtues of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And uh, Banu Umayyah, the pro-Banu Umayyah political faction, even though Banu Umayyah was not in power at the time, 
um, the pro Banu Umayyah political faction, some goons from them, they cornered him after he had read this uh, uh, compil compilation of hadith in, in the honor of Sayyidina Ali anhu. And uh, they basically cornered him and in a very threatening way, they said, uh, they said to him, uh, why don't you read now or compile a book about the virtues of Muawiyah radiallahu anhu. And uh, um, Sayyidina Imam Nasai rahimahullah, he said that it's, he, he's, what book is there to compile? It's sufficient that we say radiallahu anhu after his name. Meaning he acknowledged that he was a companion, but to make like some sort of equivalence between the two in rank is, uh, it's, a, it's a type of deviance, it's a wrong understanding in Islam. And uh, they didn't like his answer and they, they essentially beat him to death. Uh, they killed him for that. Uh, but uh, this is something to remember that we as the Ahl Sunnah are not the faction of Yazid. We as the Ahl Sunnah are not the uh, antagonistic faction of the Ahlul Bayt. We uh, against the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet. We as the Ahl Sunnah are not uh, the uh, faction that was against Sayyidina Ali. Anhu. Uh, or Al-Hassan or Al-Hussein or any of them. Rather the Ahl-Sunnah are those who uphold and affirm that the deen that was transmitted by uh, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, through his noble companions and through uh, his noble family and through the ulama um, that uh, that is the deen that we follow. And uh, some later uh, uh, conspiracy theorist based aqidah uh, understandings and some later uh, heterodox and deviant groups will try to portray this in a different light. And some people will uh, sometimes jump onto the bandwagon of those groups or some people will have a, a harsh overreaction to those groups and they'll take themselves out of a holistic understanding of the deen. Uh, uh, and, and in order to oppose those groups and then take a, a dogmatically uh, 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 obstinate uh, stance against them and we belong to none of those parties. The Ahlul Sunnah al-Jama'ah, alhamdulillah, by Allah's fadl, it all makes sense and it is the deen of the companions and of the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet وسلم, of the Azwaj Mutahharat, the mothers of the believers alayhi salam and of the, uh, of the ulama uh, that transmit their way until the Day of Judgment. Uh, and so Imam Nasai rahimahullah ta'ala was a great lover of the Ahlul Bayt and of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu and because he affirmed the maqam of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu uh, uh, as one of the Khulafa Rashidun, uh, he gave his life and uh, a person when he thinks about that, that's speaking the haq sometimes it will uh, cost you the enmity of people to the point where uh, even a great scholar like Imam Nasai um, in the ancient times when the people still had respect for the ulama that they beat him to death, um, a person wonders about the dangers of speaking the haq nowadays uh, and we ask Allah Ta'ala to make us steadfast uh, with this amana, amin. Courage, bravery, and daring in the battlefield are amongst his special qualities. While his special occupation was the dissemination of the ulum, both zahiriya and batiniya, both the outward ulum of the sharia as well as the uh, spiritual knowledge of the heart. During the Battle of Khaybar, during the life of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he uh, 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 received the, the title uh, of the Hibbullahi wa Hibbar Rasuli Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that he was the beloved or the love of Allah and the love of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
It said, tomorrow the flag will be given to one who loves Allah and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Allah and his messenger too love him, alayhi salatu wasalam. Uh, in spite of, at that time, Sayyidina Ali anhu being weakened um, and in, in particular suffering a, a malady in his eyes that made it hard for him even to keep his eyes open or see straight. Um, Sayyidina Nabi Akram, the most honored Prophet wasallam, handed him the flag on that day. And uh, he rubbed his uh, Mubarak uh, uh, saliva, saliva on the eyes of Sayyidina Ali anhu. And it miraculously cured his eyes. Uh, his fear of Allah Ta'ala was such that it overwhelmed him in his acts of worship. And his u- obedience to Allah Ta'ala was unique. Numerous episodes of this kind are narrated of Sayyidina Ali Karamallahu Wajhahu in the books of history. When it was time for Salat, his body would shiver and his face would become pale. When asked about his, this particular state he went through, uh, he said, it is the time for the execution of that trust, of that amana, uh, in front of which the heavens and the earth and the mountains were unable to bear uh, when Allah Most High presented them uh, with it. But I have accepted to bear this responsibility. Allah Ta'ala says at the end of the uh, surat, um, the, the, um, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. It's late and I'm, I'm uh, sleeping. I'm, I'm feeling kind of sleepy. Um, but at any rate, Allah Ta'ala says in his book, He says, Inna aradna al-amanata ala samawati wal-ardi wal-jibali fa'abayna an yahmilnaha wa ashfaqna minha wa hamalaha al-insanu innahu kana zaluman jahula that we offered this amana, this trust Meaning what? Moral responsibility for your deeds, according to, according to one opinion, uh, which goes hand in hand with the deen of Allah Ta'ala and all of those things that come with its discharging. That we offered this, this trust, this amana, to the heavens and to the earth and to the mountains, and they refused. Uh, they, they refused. Um, they refused to carry it. And they were scared of it. They were afraid of it. And insan carried it. Muhammad al insanu. Innahu kana zaluman jahula. And those who now are charged with carrying it and they don't carry it, they don't render its due, uh, those people are extreme in their zulm, in their transgression, and they're extreme in their jahl, in their, in their ignorance. Uh, uh, and so this is the, the feeling that Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, uh, used, used to get uh, when it was time to. Uh, uh, when it was time to pray. Kumail narrates that once he accompanied Sayyidina Ali anhu to the grave, turning, turning his attention to one grave, he said, uh, O inmate of the grave, O decomposed one, O one of fear and solitude, what is your condition? It is in our knowledge that your wealth has already been distributed. Children have already, be rend- are already been rendered orphans and wives have already married other husbands. This is what we know. Now you inform us of your condition. He then turned to Kumail and said, If he, the inmate of the grave, had permission to speak, he would have said, The best provision you can take with you for this trip is taqwa, the fear of God. So saying, Sayyidina Ali anhu broke down and cried and said, O Kumail, the grave is a container of deeds. The grave is a container of deeds. And at the time of death, 
Uh, one will become aware of one's own deeds and one's misdeeds. May Allah Ta'ala have mercy on us uh, on that on that serious, very serious, very serious day. His passing, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu was appointed to the Khilafah in the 35th year of Hijrah. He occupied this post for five years, less than three days. On the 18th of Ramadan in the uh, 40th year, Abdurrahman bin Muljim martyred him in Kufa. After the Battle of Nahrawan, three members of the Khariji sect gathered in Makkah Mukarramah. They were Abdurrahman bin Muljim, uh, Amr bin Bukair, and Barq bin Abdullah. These three evil elements plotted to kill Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, and Sayyidina Amr bin As radiallahu anhum. Ibn Muljim was the one who undertook to kill Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Amr bin Bukair uh, agreed to assassinate Amr bin As, and Barq assumed the task of killing uh, uh, Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhum. And Ibn Muljim was the only one who succeeded in his evil plot, uh, coming within the scope of the meaning of the ayah, Khasir uh, al-Dunya wal-Akhirah, he has lost this world and the hereafter. The other two failed in their evil missions. Uh, and it's said also that Abdurrahman bin Muljim was pulled into this plot because he fell uh, in love with a girl um, whose father was a commander of the Khawarij who was killed in battle against Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And um, she, uh, demanded, she demanded that if he wanted to marry her that he had to assassinate Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. So, you know, be careful who you fall in love with because there's no guarantee that they're going to be a good person. You know, just because you're in love, it's not a proof that of anything about the other person. It just means that you're you're shackled. So be careful who you allow yourself to uh, have five minutes with your heart, because uh, once you get shackled to the wrong crowd, uh, really, really dumb things happen. Really dumb things happen if you're not careful. And on the flip side, if you fall in love with a good person, then good things happen. Mashallah. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala on whose practice was to proceed very early to the masjid. On the way to the masjid, he would rouse sleepers by uh, crying out a salah, a salah, the prayer, the prayer. One night, Ibn Muljim uh, hid himself along the uh, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu's route to the masjid. As Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu passed near him, Ibn Muljim struck his forehead with his sword, which penetrated Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu's skull. His beard was drenched with his blood. Uh, people having witnessed the attack rushed forward and arrested Ibn Muljim. Uh, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu forbade them from killing him. However, he issued the following instruction, Should I survive, I shall do with him uh, what I choose. And if I die, strike him a single blow as he had uh, done to me. After Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu's death, Ibn Muljim was executed. Uh, the most honored Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had already predicted this evil event. He once said to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, O Ali, amongst the former uh, ummahs that passed before us, uh, the vilest man was the one who had cut the leg, uh, cut the hamstrung, the uh, camel of Nabi Saleh, uh, and the vilest man of the later times will be the one who colors your beard red with your own blood. So anyone who has any complaint or cry about, oh, I did this for the masjid and I did this for Islam and I did this for the brothers and I did that for the sisters and I did this for, you know, my children and I did that and oh, look, people, this is how they repay me. This is the thanks that I get. Um, know that this is the sunnah of the salihin before you and those of highest rank. 
that the greatest tribulation, look, we see the example of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and the example of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu um, and now the example of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, those people whose very presence in this creation was and continues to be a mercy and uh, who helped and stood up for the weak and who spent from the money that they had openly and in quiet and solitude uh, and in public and who stood for what was right and struggled against what was evil and were the manifestation of both uh, God's order and God's love in the creation. That people, you know, from other religions, they squawk about, oh, God is love. Muslims don't know about God's love. What do you know about God's love? What have your popes brought us that tell us about God's love? What have your preachers brought us? What's preached inside of your churches while you're, you know, your own uh, people sitting in the pews are bombing uh, poor people and hungry people and destitute people in the Stone Age? What do you know of God's love? That these are the people who conquered from the east to the west and they took nothing uh, from what they brought for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and uh, centuries of peace and centuries of tranquility and civilization and centuries of inspiration were seeded uh, by the courage and by the honor and by the love and by the purity and by the sincerity and by the generosity of such people. And in the end, um, they gave only for the sake of Allah and Allah Ta'ala showed that to the creation that they received absolutely, absolutely zero, no, no thanks and no gratitude from the creation uh, that did this to them. And, uh, you know, until the day of judgment, the person who hates them and the person who wastes their services that they gave and can't even recognize their rank and can't even show some amount of respect. They're the worst of people. And until the Yom Al-Qiyamah, those people who can say, well, look what they did and look how they suffered. We owe it to them to uh, show them honor and respect and love. And the best way of honoring them and the best way of respecting them and the best way of loving them is to continue their mission and to continue their noble habits and to take the courage that they had and serve like they served or somehow some part of the uh, way of how they served so that their noble work can continue uh, until the day of judgment. This is what uh, we can do and this is what we need to do in order to, uh, in order to uh, show gratitude for them. We can't be like them, we definitely cannot be them, but uh, we can continue their work and be from the best of God's creation through linking ourselves to them uh, who literally were uh, uh, the best of God's creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the barakah of these Mubarak nights. Allah ta'ala uh, give us khair and afiyah. Uh, it's quite possible that, uh, uh, that we have one more installment of this majlis, maybe day after tomorrow, and that's it. Because as the month goes on, people fall behind anyway. There are very few people uh, at the end of the month that actually listen uh, to, uh, to the whole uh, series anyway. So it will be an opportunity for me also to uh, you know, walk the walk that I preach to other people and try to capitalize on these last couple of nights of Ramadan, inshallah.
and uh, for whatever reason, uh, it was slipping my mind. But the ayah that was mentioned about the amana being given to the heavens and the earth, um, and the mountains and them refusing it and being frightful of it. That ayah is near the end of the Surah Al-Ahzab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all. Uh, Allah ta'ala give us all khair and forgive us our sins and give us the tawfiq to live a life better than the one that we live and give us a good end uh, and reunite us with the ones that we love. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammadiyun ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.